0: Thank you, musicians. We appreciate you this morning. Revelations chapter 12. I want to look at a maybe more of a subject this morning, and that subject is our testimony. Um, Testimony is usually a verbal witness to what Jesus has done or is doing uh, in our lives. And it's very um, to have one is powerful enough. Amen. Thank God for salvation but it's it's an asset. It's to be highly prized. You know, I mean, one of the things that the devil likes to hit is like, you know, we can't talk about God. We can't talk about Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And it's like this is the most glorious event in all of life. It's the most glorious thing that's ever happened to my life is Jesus coming in and turning it around, you know. And so why wouldn't you talk about it? Why wouldn't you, you know, it's, it's, it's the the most glorious event, amen. In our text, it mentions three elements in the area of overcoming, and I know this is not a, it's a little bit more of a, te- not a textual, maybe a, more of a, a topical sermon this morning, but one of those is the word of our testimony. You know, the testimony, when you look it up, the Greek word, it, it means evidence given. It means to witness and actually roots to the word martyr. And so um, let's look at this this morning, Revelations chapter 12. I'm going to pick it up in verse 7, kind of give you a little bit more of a feel for the text here and how it's context here. Verse 7 says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dag- dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his, he has a short time. And then that's where I want to end right there. So that's the context of overcoming. And it talks about one of the elements, and that is the word of our testimony. I want to consider that because it's obviously necessary. It's a necessary thing. It can be lightly regarded. Amen. You know, one of the problems is the testimony this morning is not how bad you were before you got saved. You know, some people get saved, and it's like all they did was maybe stole gum from the corner shop or something, you know. Other people, you know, they're, they're ripping off cars and old ladies and killing people, you know, and they get saved. It's like, whoa, man, they really got saved. That's not true, really. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It does not matter what you were before salvation. In fact, the testimony really is not what you were, it's what you are. That's really the, 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 the essence, amen, of testimony. Thank God for all testimonies that people have. So easy to think that, you know, it's, 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 it's not a good one. It's not, that's not true. Every testimony is a wonderful event. It's a wonderful happening that you got saved, that you came to a place where you humbled your heart and gave your life to Jesus. You could say, well, I was just a boring sinner. It doesn't matter. You were a sinner on your way to hell. <laughs> and now you have a testimony of what God has done in that very moment. And you have to be careful not to lightly esteem our testimony because it's powerful and it's meaningful. As we're going to look here in a moment. In our text, this is from an eternal perspective. The angel is looking back on heaven and as he looks back he mentions that they overcame one element at least is by the word of their testimony. And he mentions it in the company of those three things the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony did not love their lives to the death listen the blood would have been in vain without a testimony amen Jesus shed his blood uh, that we could be forgiven yes but that we could be changed and transformed that we could have a brand new life and ultimately live in heaven with him forever and so this testimony is far more than just what we have to say on the streets if you know what I'm saying it's it's an event that's transpired in our lives amen They did not love their lives to the death. In other words, they would take death for this testimony. They would lose their lives like Stephen, a man, he testified to God. He testified to the gospel, and he lost his life. There was no turning back from that. There was no like, you know what, if you stop saying this, we'll spare your life. It's like, how can I stop saying this This is real? This is alive. This is what God has done in my life. They honored Christ, is what we're saying. We find New Testament writers speaking about the word of testimony when giving reference to Jesus and his testimony. 1 Timothy 6, 12 and 13, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. Verse 12 And the Phillips translation, keep your grip on eternal life to which you have been called, to which you boldly profess your loyalty before many witnesses. God has given us a sacred charge to keep, amen. We're not talking about some strange, mystical experience, amen, that you might find in maybe false religions, if you will. This is an encounter with Jesus, that I put my faith in Jesus Christ. It might sound too simple for some folks, but I just said, God, forgive me, a sinner. Come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead. And I know that's very simple for some folks, amen, but that's all it took. That's all it took for God to keep his end of the bargain and do exactly what he said he can do and will do and would have done, amen, if I would have repented, which I did. It's an encounter with him, amen. It's, it's As we, faith is embraced, something happens. That's a testimony based upon the word of God. I am a new creation. It's amazing grace that has saved a wretch like me. It's like the man who Jesus healed. He said, you know what? I don't know what you guys are talking about. He says, I know one thing. I was blind and now I see. That's real simple to me. Amen. But what a powerful testimony. Well, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? I don't know. Hey, listen, you know, you want to get all theological and weird. That's fine. But I was blind and now I see. Amen. That's my testimony. That's what God did for me. What's your God doing for you? How's, how's this working out in your life? Amen. The work of Cal- Listen, the work of Calvary actually is not complete without a witness. You do know that. What Jesus did on the cross really is not complete until there's a witness. Now I understand. It's finished. Don't get me wrong. Redemption is a finished work. There's no more that has to be done. That's not what I'm saying. But the work of Jesus is not complete until there's a witness because of what He did. Amen. Luke 24, 46. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. See, the gospel has to have a witness. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, and again, the blood would have been in vain without a testimony. All that Jesus did would be in vain without this testimony. The book of Acts, that was the whole issue that Jesus left with his men. He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. A witness is people who speak What they know about a certain event or what has happened. You know, even in courts of law, some witnesses have to go into witness protection because of what they know and what they've seen. Maybe some, you know, criminal is being put on the, on the, on, you know, somebody that has money and criminal fingers everywhere, and they got to protect this guy because uh, his witness is credible. His witness is everything. We got to do, if we do away with this guy, we can get off with this rap. And so that's how powerful the witness is, even in courts of law. How much more powerful you telling somebody about what Jesus has done in your life? I'm telling you, it's credible, it's real, and it's powerful. Amen. Amen. We're talking about your life, of course, validating your mouth and what you say. Nothing worse than, you know, the person that's not living for God, and then you're witnessing, you've been there, Right. You get out of the job, you're telling somebody about Jesus, and an old boy who's cussing and swearing, telling Gerald jokes, goes, I'm a Christian too. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know what I'm saying? You might just take them in the back room and stomp them and say, listen, you're not a Christian. If you're a Christian, keep your mouth shut because you're living like a devil. Then everybody gravitates to him. Oh, I'm a Christian too. It's like, oh yeah, thank you. Devil. People who are utterly loyal and willing to die for what they believe, not out of stubbornness, but out of the reality of what God has done in my life. I'm just not going to hold on to my belief because that's what I'm going to do until the day I die. No, I'm telling you. I got a reason. Ask me. I got a reason why I believe. I don't believe just because I believe. My mama believed. My daddy believed. My grandpa believed. I believe. And it's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Why do you believe? I'll tell you why I believe. Because I met a man one day who touched my life. And the testimony goes on. Amen. See, being a Christian, it's the privilege to, be, to take this testimony and to carry it into the whole arena of life. Titus 2, 9 and 10, exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters and to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. In other words, all of life presents itself as an arena of the testimony of God everywhere. No matter what situation, amen, it's not just church. It's not just what we call outreach. But our testimony is is something to be expressed in all areas of life. It's what we live. Your testimony is valid in the Walmart checkout line. I only shop at Target. Oh, it's real valid in Target. (laughs) Just thought I'd throw that in. Every once in a while, you'll feel you you find people. You know what I mean? You say the word Walmart, and they almost gag. It's like, whatever, you know. Whatever. Your your testimony is valid everywhere you go. It's valid at the bank. It's valid at the restaurant. It's valid everywhere. Any scenario, any situation. This it's who you are. God's work is brought to fruition in a testimony that's bored out of our lives our text bears witness to the sacred charge to a testimony that bears the gospel matthew 24 14 and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come it's talking about our testimony as it lines with the word of god those who are willing to lay their lives on the line and again those willing to back up their words with conduct. 2 Timothy 1.8, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Paul's he's saying, don't shrink back. Amen. The world needs a testimony. Romans 1.16, he says it himself, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes no shame in living for God no shame in, in you know the Bible and what Jesus has done in our lives the, this is the atmosphere that you step into it's like you know have I mean, you ever noticed that anything goes but Jesus you can do anything you can start up any club in school but the Jesus club anything you want to do you can start up and it's like I'm going to start a Jesus club yeah we don't do this here does that, does that give you kind of a hint? Yeah. What were, you know what I mean? Can you like connect the dots here? That's the power of a witness. They don't even hear, you don't even want to have a club, the Jesus Club. Amen. Paul held to the sacred charge that was to give testimony before all the earth. Amen. Listen, it's necessary. Our testimony is so necessary. God saved you to be a testimony. You know that. He saved you to be a witness to what he did. He didn't just save you so you can become the American prosperity Christian. (laughs) I mean, thank God for prosperity and nice clothes and cars and houses to live in. But listen, God saved you to be a witness. He touched your life to touch others. Amen. And the thing is, you have a witness you got it, man. Nobody else did have, You know, the guy on the street doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. You have it. you got something so precious. It's your testimony. I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at the strategy of the devil. Because that's the arena of our text here, isn't it? It's that battle. And we all face that battle. Let's be honest. We do. We do. Isn't that weird? Y- you don't feel it in any other arena, you know? You can talk about anything that you do to anybody. Anybody would be stupid stuff, but you can say it and it's okay. But it's like, now I'm going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like something rises. Isn't that weird? <laughs> you can talk to somebody about anything. You can walk into somebody, hey, Bill, I went, hey, guy, how you doing? I was fishing the other day. Well, whatever, you know. You can say anything to anybody. All of a sudden, you walk into. to a, hey, I was in church the other day. Jesus touched my life. Gosh, God's good. I mean, I'm telling you, we're talking about a fence now. We're talking about <laughs> a, the battle's on now. It's a strategy from hell against the testimony. Against these words coming out of your mind. See, you have to make up your mind. You really do. You have to make up your mind. You're going to bear testimony, man. Because I'm telling you, the strategy of the devil is to contest it. See, he doesn't think your testimony is a bad testimony. <laughs> he doesn't look at you and go, ah, I ain't worried about him. I'm worried about these guys that used to be drug dealers and pimps and all them kind of guys. Nah. He's not worried about the Hollywood star that gets, no, no, no. He's concerned about it. everybody that's gotten saved, anybody that can open their mouth and talk for Jesus. He's, that's why you feel what you feel. Our text is the picture of the devil fighting those who profess Christ. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called the devil, which means slander. He's called Satan, which means adversary. Called the serpent, the dragon. It's amazing. This one phrase just kind of brings out everything, doesn't it? The devil, the serpent. It just lays it all. Satan, the devil, you know, all these things. It's like, wow. Amen. He will contest your testimony. Amen. Amen. We see this in the media. You know what I'm saying? If if you got anybody that's got any kind of religious quality at all, he's all he's always some compromising. Strange weirdo, and they, you know, and, and it's it never ends. It's all in all the films, you know. Remember, remember Father Mokehi on MASH. I don't even want to talk about it, man. It's like because you know what? When, when people talk, look at Father Mokehi. I'm the same. I'm just another Father Mokehi. I'm a pastor. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to watch MASH. <laughs> You're you're not getting it. (laughs) Oh, you're the man of the cloth. What cloth? What are you talking about? (laughs) It's ruined it for us forever. (laughs) If you watched a lot of MASH, I guess. They never portray an accurate picture of the power of the gospel to change lives. You know, I remember when, remember that movie Fury to Freedom, Raoul Reese got saved? Do you know the, 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 first, the first film, when he finally gets saved, he goes back to his wife, who he's treated very badly, and she opens the door. He says, I'm born again. She slams the door, <laughs> right? You know when that came on, on, on TV? That was the one phrase they changed. So if you ever see the second edition of Fury to Freedom, when he goes out of the house and knocks on the door, and she's not going to let him in. He said, I can, not, I can kick the door down, you know, because he's a karate freak. And so she opens the door and he goes, I'm changed. <laughs> changed it from born again to changed. That changes everything. Because mm-hmm. that's what the world wants to say. Oh, you've got religion now. <laughs> <laughs> You're changed. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's not, a te- that's not my testimony. My testimony is not, I'm a Dudley Do-Right. My testimony is not, I'm a good boy now. I didn't know how to be a good boy. I lost the instructions along the way somewhere. No, I'm telling you, I've been born again. That's what happened to me. I had, I had to, I had, I couldn't, not a makeover, not a do over, born again, <laughs> brand new. There was nothing to work with. Can you change this? Throws it away. Said, so I'll just, you're going to be born again, bud. You need something <laughs> brand new. I can't even use the junk you got. I'm born again. (laughs) It was the only thing that was going to work. See, the devil wants to rob the testimony of Jesus in the earth. See, the aim of the devil is just the same thing. He wants to overcome. This text brings out the fact that they overcame him. And so if he's going to overcome you, one of the arenas, all three of those would line up. He comes against the blood of Jesus. He comes against people that will, you know, surrender their lives and be totally turned on to God. But he also comes against those who would speak for God as well, the testimony. He's trying to overcome the testimony. Amen. You see, the Bible warns us not to give place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 talks about, Be angry, do not sin, nor do not let the sun go down in your wrath. And then it carries on and says, nor give place to the devil. And what it is, and you've heard it before, it's a beachhead where the devil tries to enter in. Amen. He's contested. It's a place where he tries to contest you and come against you. The Bible does not speak of those, or the Bible does speak of those who, uh, you know, lost their testimony as the years went by. Think about Lot. Lots of very interesting character, amen. But we know that, you know, compromise started when he chose S- Sodom, amen. We know there was more compromise because here's a man that's sitting in the gates, the city government, amen, of, of, of this immoral, corrupt city. When the angels visit, uh, uh, it's just a, a horrible scene. But his, his, his witness has no, no, no weight to it. They're going to break down the door. If it wasn't for supernatural intervention, it would have been a real ugly scene. They're going to try to break down the door. They have no respect for this man whatsoever. When he warns his sons-in-law, they think he's joking. And then later on, his daughters cross the line and commit incest with their father. There was just no boundary. I mean, it just gets worse and worse. Proverbs 25, 26, a righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. We're in church because of the testimony of Jesus. We're called to go into our community and be that testimony to the them. And the devil's strategy is to stop that. It's simply to stop the testimony of Jesus on planet Earth. They don't mind what we're doing in here. Just don't let it out of the bag. Keep it in here. If I wanted you to preach to me, I'd go to church. Well, (laughs) sorry to say, but (laughs) you probably will never go to church. Amen. So We're going to bring it to you. (laughs) It's just a battle. Devil loves to use your sin. Think about David. When David sinned, I know he got forgiven with Bathsheba and everything, but look what the Bible says in 2 Samuel 12, 14. However, because of this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. You know, probably the two greatest areas of compromise for the Christian, as you see and you've seen over the years, is sex and money. And again without elaborating those areas they have pulls on our lives and we have to do everything we can beloved as we're living for God to remember your testimony it's so precious the value of your testimony cannot be underestimated for a second it is so critical amen devil's strategy again is to overcome your testimony and cloud it up so much that you can't be picked out of a crowd that you just be another face in the sea of humanity. 1 Timothy 6.20, Oh, Timothy, God was, was committed to your trust. Don't give the devil a strategic advantage to come against your testimony. Let's close with the value of a testimony. Listen, with the testimony, your stocks will always rise. Your stocks are always on the rise with the testimony. Usually when things get older, they break down. People, cars, houses. But with the testimony, it's not true. Even with our failings and shortcomings, think about it, you're still standing with God. And I'm telling you this morning, your testimony is strong. And as you live for God year in and year out, I'm telling you, it brings great credibility to your testimony. Your testimony, your stocks rise. Amen. Our text speaks in light of eternity. They overcame by the word of their testimony. That our testimony is an overcoming dimension. That my testimony, amen, helps me in my own personal life. Think about the devil. He was the anointed cherub. I mean, he was powerful. He was a wise being. He took a third of the angels with him. I mean, I can't fathom what's going on in this man, who this individual is, if you will. Not a man, but an individual is. And how he convinced a third of the angels to rebel from heaven, rebel against God, and leave heaven. It just tells me that, you know what, he's far superior to me. And yet the Bible says they overcame him. How do you overcome someone like that? Well, the blood of Jesus... And the word of your testimony and not loving your lives to death. I mean, as cunning and powerful as his, by the word of your testimony, amen, based upon the blood of Jesus, you can overcome this crafty devil, yeah. Satan, accuser, serpent. And the Bible just goes through and just lays it out. This guy is multifaceted. He's like multifaceted wicked, multifaceted eagle, uh, evil, amen. He's got. He's got some... Uh, weapons, if you will. He's got some resources to do what he does. And how do we overcome? your Word of your testimony. Yeah, that he could be messing people up, up one side and down the other. And your testimony can break through all that. Someone can repent and get saved. And the works of the devil are totally destroyed right there in that moment. He's worked hard to screw that person's life up. He's got them bound. He's got them tormented. There's just no way out for them. And your words cut right through it all. Touch a human heart, set free. And it's like you've just overcome the devil. You did that by the word of your testimony. This person's convinced their life is not even worth living. They're convinced that it's never going to be this. They're never going to change. And your testimony changed that. Yes, the devil understands that. He's smart. He understands that. That's why he wants to make the testimony of Jesus shameful. Don't talk about it. Oh, we don't talk about that here. You know, you can talk about anything on the job. And all of a sudden you say, we don't talk. Who's we? We're going to go up to the corporate offices, and everybody sat down and said, we're not talking about Jesus. It's kind of like when you go to an apartment building and one person decides for everybody that lives there we don't talk about Jesus here. That annoys me, but that's okay. See, Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. And you read that, and it's really what's happening here is this church is getting a little older now. Some years have passed since they've been saved. But the truth is, the older your testimony is, it carries its value with it. It carries weight. In fact, I think it carries more weight. To say to somebody, you know what, I've been saved for 35 years. I've been living for God. I go to church. I live for God. I tell people about Jesus. I tell you, that makes people think. Your testimony is powerful. And as you live for God, amen, it's just as powerful. You know, when Stephen died, Paul witnessed his testimony. Luke 21, 12 and 13, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, deliver you up to the synagogues and prison. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. can Can you grasp that? God's talking to you and I. And they're going to persecute you and deliver you. I mean, it's like that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> this is going to be really good. What's going to be good about it? You'll get to testify. This is God's. This is God's opinion of the testimony. But, but I'm being persecuted and, and everything's going wrong. But you get to testify, <laughs> and all heaven goes, <laughs> "Yeah." It's almost like people in the New Testament live for this, to witness and give their testimony as you read through. They turned the world upside down because of this. They have turned the world upside down because everywhere they went, they witnessed. They gave their testimony. I mean, Jesus in this text is like he's excited <laughs> because of the opportunity to witness. Nothing better because through your testimony, souls get saved to the glory of God. In a real sense, like I said, the devil is overthrown in other people's lives. I'm going to close with this illustration. Charles Bradlaugh is uh, in the 1800s. He was an outspoken atheist in the British politics, and uh, he was quite a powerful force. But at the same time, obviously, he did a lot of. He, um, trafficked in the London area where politics are based. And at the same time, in the west side of London, where Heathrow in that area would be now, uh, there was a Welsh Methodist preacher named Hugh Hughes. And um, he had a mission on that side of the city. He was quite an accomplished preacher. And so this atheist Charles Bradlaugh challenged him to a debate uh, with the validity of the claims of Christianity, and this Bradlaugh guy was quite a vocal guy he was quite a a, a spotlight for anti religion atheist god doesn 't exist, and so on and um, so uh, Mr. Hughes. Everybody, they said everybody in London was kind of like really hinged on this, you know, this was going to be a big showdown. Because Mr. Hughes was quite a prominent preacher, quite a godly man. He was doing works in the, the slums of West London and, you know, getting people saved and so on. And this other guy's just a big mouth uh, doing his thing for the anti God cause. And so they were all aware of that. And sure enough, they're wondering what Mr. Hughes would do because this guy is pretty articulate and how that is. He accepted the challenge to do this debate. But he said on one condition that you accept my challenge. He says, I propose to you that we each bring some concrete evidence of the validity of our beliefs in the form of men and women who have been redeemed... From the lives of sin and shame, by the influence of our teaching. In other words, here he is. He says, "I will bring 100 such men and women, and I challenge you to do the same. I can bring hundred women, men and women, that their lives have been changed by the message that I preach." And what he's challenging him is he's saying, "Can you find a hundred men and women that have been changed by the message that you preached?" And then he stopped. He said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to bring 100. You only have to bring 50. And then he continued, and he got down to 20, and he got down to 10, and then finally he got down. Let me tell you something. If you can just bring one person that's been changed and transformed from a life of shame and sin by your message, I'll still bring 100. If you'll do that, then we'll have our debate. And lo and behold... Mr. Bradlaugh canceled the rebate debate. <laughs> see, that's the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's changed lives. I don't believe it. Well, that's fine. Let's see how that works out for you. Oh, come on. Come on. See what your doctrine does for you. But I know what I preach changed my life, changed your life, and changes many more lives that come into contact with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, my word of my testimony is so powerful. It's so valuable, amen. It completes the work of the cross. We can't hold it back. We can't shy back from it. Don't feel ashamed of it. Don't try to keep it real quiet. Just tell people about Jesus because your testimony overcomes what the devil's doing. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning.